0: Welcome to the Park Road Talk Back podcast. Today's podcast is a conversation with Russ Dean, co-pastor at Park Road Baptist Church with Amy Jacks Dean. And today we're talking about his new book, Finding a New Way Home, The Unlikely Path of a Reluctant Baptist Renegade. I'm Bruce Holliday, Director of Communications at Park Road. And today, Russ will be talking about the inspiration for his latest book. Hey Russ, how are you today? I'm well, Bruce. Good to talk to you. Could you help us and just uh, set the stage for us before we jump into uh, the book about the the inspiration for it and and what the uh, organizing principle for this is.
1: Yeah, really a fun story. We have a great ecumenical relationship with the clergy on Park Road. We get together once a month and have lunch. We just get to know each other. It's mostly just about fellowship, but, you know, we get to know each other through that. And about 15 years ago, the Episcopal priest down the street um, who had gotten to know me through our conversation said, you know, Russ, you're not what most of our folks think of when they hear the word Baptist. Why don't you come talk to us about how you got where you are from where you started? And it was a fascinating challenge. So I was going to go speak for one hour, and I sat down at my computer, and I've said several times, it was like these nine experiences just kind of materialized on my computer. I sat down and thought through my life, and nine experiences that all could be summarized really in a a phrase or a sentence, they all just kind of jumped out at me. Um, And so I I wrote those down and I presented them in in an hour-long presentation. And then a few years later, I I started working
0: on them and I've I've expanded each one into a chapter. So one of the offshoots of this book is that you and I are doing this podcast series and we're going to discuss your new book, uh, Chapter by Chapter. And so uh, this week we're going to talk about Chapter 1, which is entitled... A new crisis, once you get educated, nothing is ever easy again.
1: Yeah, Bruce, I was raised the son of a Southern Baptist minister. My mother had gone to seminary for a couple of years um, before she decided to be a a school teacher instead of a a church educator. Um, So both of them had Southern Baptist education, and we were raised—I mean, we could have been the the poster children for— for everything that was right about the Southern Baptist Convention you know 40 50 years ago um, and I was raised in that kind of environment raised in the church raised with the Bible raised with parents that prayed at every meal and uh, you know I, I, I was raised in up in a very devout Christian home uh, I really hadn't asked many questions about faith um, all the questions that I had asked my mom or dad would say well the Bible says and they'd read you know something or quote something and well like that settles it so the bible Says it, you know, that's it. Um, It really was not until I went to Furman that I began to have any real kind of questions of faith. And so I went to Furman University, um, and I began to hear my some conservative friends of mine that I had made say, now you gotta be careful about, you know, the religion department over there, because those are <laughs> those are a bunch of liberals over there and they don't believe the Bible and stuff like that. And and the last thing you want to do is take philosophy, because the philosophers are all atheists and they'll take your faith away. And you know, <laughs> so they'd warn me about all this stuff. Well yeah one of my Christian friends that I had met my freshman year um, uh, at the end of our fall semester said, I'm going to take philosophy next semester. Why don't you take it with me? And so Kyle kind of twisted my arm and convinced me to take philosophy. And so I did, and I went in there. And sure enough, Bruce, I mean, it happened almost from the very beginning, yeah. questions that I had never asked before. And I remember talking about marriage and Creation and God and truth, what is truth? You know, and just all those kind of things that philosophers do. And it just kind of blew my mind. Um, I had never asked any questions like that, I had never allowed any kind of questions that that brought any kind of hesitancy about faith. I mean, I had all the answers. When I left high school, I knew, I, I knew everything about God. You know, I kind of had all the answers. And so this was really, a, it really was a rude awakening for me. I got t- toward the end of that semester, and I really remember being um, really just angry. Uh, upset and really angry with myself that I had been so foolish as to do what my friends had told me I'll not do. And I had allowed Kyle to uh, convince me to take this class. And I knew, I remember thinking something like, I I can't go back. I I knew that I could not go back. I had already opened the door. The questions were there and there was no way to close that door again. And um, so I, I, I really was struggling. And um, at the end of that semester, Will Campbell, who was a Tennessee farmer and he was a social activist and a kind of a radical um, a, a prophet in his own right. And he, he was a familiar Furman voice. I, I heard him several times while I was there. He spoke in chapel and um, it was mandatory back then. You had to go to chapel once a week. And so I went to chapel and I don't know anything else he said, but he said, once you get educated, nothing is ever easy again. And it just kind of hit me between the eyes that 's exactly right,
0: and that's hence, hence the title of your first chapter exactly exactly yeah.
1: it's, it, w- once you get educated, nothing's ever easy again, and it never has been and it, for a while, Bruce, that was a real real struggle i mean I, I really was angry and I was confused, and I was asking a bunch of questions that i didn 't have answers to and i didn't even, i didn 't know how to ask them i did you know it, it was a real um Disorienting time for me, having come from kind of a background of faith where having all the answers and being comfortable and being confident and knowing everything, you know, um, all that was kind of part of faith. And you didn't doubt, you know, that was kind of the opposite of faith. And so to be thrown into this, Kind of world of man. Now I've got the question. I don't even know which way to
0: turn. You know. So when I when I read this, I was wondering. I wondered if this is a common experience for young people, especially young people with a strong faith tradition growing up. Do you think that uh, the transition from being younger or a child, where your faith is essentially black and white, and then you're as you grow older you're confronted with uh you know what i 'll just call many shades of gray uh, Do you think that's something that happens to a lot of people i'm I'm really not sure that it is um i think a lot
1: of people who grew up like I grew up, who grow up like I grew up, um, you know, they're warned by their friends, just like I was warned. Don't go do that stuff. Don't take those religion classes. Don't take that philosophy class. You know what you believe. I remember when we, this was a few years later, but we got ready to go to seminary and somebody from our family said, now it's okay to go and, you know, you know, listen to the professors and kind of give them back on the test what to, you know what they're asking for, but don't let them really change what you really believe. Kind of, kind of that idea, like you don't really need to go up there and really listen. Um, and so I think a lot of kids who are raised like I was raised don't really go there. They, they don't ask the questions. They don't allow themselves. And I'm. I'm kind of proof positive that 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 part of thinking is that kind of thinking is right. Look what might happen to you if you do what Russ did. <laughs> you know you might end up the kind of person that Russ is, you know um, so I'm really not sure that my experience is is all that common okay I think there are other people who say they I, 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 I've heard a lot of other folks say, you know, I started asking questions about all this stuff I was reading in the Bible when I was in the fifth grade. You know, none of that stuff made any sense. And I just think, how did that happen? I didn't ask any questions about that. I didn't have I didn't have any questions about the virgin birth or the resurrection or the miracles of Jesus or walking on what that's in the Bible, Bible. You know, I I didn't question any of that, and I've heard a lot of people say they started questioning early on, and and they weren't given any opportunity to question, um, and so I think a lot of kids by the time they get to college that they've already kind of turned off,
0: right.
1: and and so I think I think my path uh, I do think has been a little bit different in that I. I was late to ask the questions, but I asked them in such a way, and I, I had such good, careful mentors, and I talk about this throughout the book, the different professors and friends and mentors that I had, that nurtured my questions in a very careful way that allowed me to grow in them.
0: Yeah, when you when you talk about nurturing, so you, you had an experience as a child with your parents, then you and Amy have two sons. Uh, how, is, how is their experience? Uh, Christian education is different than yours, and do you think that's a better model, or is there just two different ways to go about?
1: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I'm very complimentary of my parents in this book, and I I am convinced that the reason I am still a person of faith is because of their faith, Um, and because they modeled faith. um, I, I heard somebody say one time that the reason most preacher's kids are such terrible kids is because what they hear from their father in the pulpit is different on Sunday than what they see the rest of the week. Um, and they said to me, you're not that way because what you heard from the pulpit matches what you know of your, your, your dad and your mom the rest of the week. And I think that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. And um, while, while my parents' theology is much more conservative than mine. Um, there is the integrity of their life of faith, I think has spoken to me. Um, and I, I'm convinced that's why I am still in the church. Um, we did not raise our sons. Amy and I did not raise our boys in the same way that I was raised. I, I would say that our home was less, um, was less religious if I can use that word to mean we didn't always say a blessing before every single meal, we would always stop. And a lot of times we'd kind of look at each other. We'd say, thank God for this meal or something like that. But you know, at my house uh, growing up, it didn't matter whether we were at home or eating out somewhere, we always stopped and had a blessing. Um, And, you know, we had a nighttime devotion every night and um, you, uh, we, I had a very, Pious religious upbringing, and while I didn't want to mimic that for my children i I am grateful for the integrity of my parents' faith. Right. What I hope is that the integrity of our faith has shown through to our boys, right. even though maybe the expressions were different than some of the expressions of that that my parents uh Modeled.
0: in this uh, in this chapter you you mentioned that the experience at Furman left you uncertain about what you believed, but that you still held your beliefs just no longer with the comfort and confidence of that youthful certainty how how did you How did you maintain your faith uh, in the face of all these questions that you had not dealt with before and these doubts that I'm sure started to creep into your mind
1: yeah I- I'm not sure that I, am not sure how I say it in this chapter, um, but I, I, I think the way that I maintained faith through all of this uncertainty and, and when I go back and put myself back as a freshman in college, if I've ever had a moment of crisis in faith, this was it. Right. Um, uh, it, it really, the uncertainty really scared me and really threw me. And um, Amy and I were dating at the time. She was still at home in high school. She'll tell you the same thing. She was scared to death about what she was hearing (laughs) me say. And, you know, she was like, I don't know if the rest is even Christian anymore. And that ain't going to do. I've heard her say, I don't know if the rest is Christian anymore and that ain't going to do, you know? (laughs) Um, um, But I think the way I maintained is through the practices of faith. Um, I never, Quit going to church. Uh, You know the the way that I pray. I continued to pray. Uh, You know my my kind of devotional life and my commitment to church. And I I thought at that point I was going to go into some kind of church related vocation. And so I was still involved in you know classes at Furman and going to chapel every week and participating with stuff through the chaplain's office. And so I I was involved in, in the life of faith. Um, and you know, we've had some experiences with folks who've, you know, we've, we've learned have had some questions about God or that kind of thing. And they just kind of walk away from the church. And I think the church is, the church is big enough to handle your questions about God, you know, stay here with us. And it's about community and, um, uh, um, I may have mentioned this, Bruce, in our last conversation that in one of his books, Marcus Borg says belief is the least part of faith. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of raised to believe that belief w- was the most part of faith, that you had to believe all the right things. You had to think all the right things. Um, and I, I think at that point, I began sensing that there was something more than what I thought about the doctrines of faith, what I thought about God, how I could intellectualize questions and answers about god um, and
0: now, so, in your book, you actually say that you progressed from what you described as rote belief to a faith that is deeper and stronger, so when you say deeper and stronger what what elements do you think are you referring to there in, in your faith well
1: maybe in a word to say that faith had been about answers and it was, you know, who is God and I could give you the road answers. Who is Jesus? I could give you the what I'd memorized, you know, I could quote scripture or whatever. So there, there were all it was always about answers. And I I think my faith was shifting into the questions and um, getting comfortable with asking the questions and digging into these issues that now I say, I I don't know, I don't know that there are answers. Um, Mm -hmm. um, and, And I think maybe faith is about asking the questions and letting the questions be part of uh, part of how we go about life. Um, so rather than having just reciting something that I learned in Sunday school, um, faith was a, was something deeper th- than that. And even though I might not have all the answers now, well, faith faith, faith has just turned from a a process of seeking answers to a process of uh, of of engaging with the questions about the real and deep and meaningful things
0: in life. And you also say that you've kind of moved from your parents' faith, and I thought this was a, a powerful line, to something that is uniquely your own. So if we all move towards something that is uniquely our own, what is the unifying principle in that case that holds together community of faith uh, a, a place like Park Road where certainly there are a lot of different spiritual paths there what, um, what holds everyone together
1: I think, I think Amy and I say pretty consistently that we preach and teach and believe in the love of God and the way of Jesus um, and I think there's an awful lot of room for disagreement about you know doctrinal issues or theological issues or what you believe about you know, about the divinity of Christ or the resurrection or the virgin birth or any of those things that are really, really important for some people. I think there's a lot of room for diversity there, um, but we believe in the love of God and the way of Jesus and the way of Jesus a- a- as a way of uh, a-, a very practical kind of ethical way of how we live in relationship to one another um, and how we live in relationship to God as we perceive God. Um, so I, I think in a very general way, I would say that is what has held Park Road together. Park Road is an interesting place. We have, most of us are sort of the same demographic. We are a mostly white, mostly kind of uh, upper middle class kind of group. Um, but we have a good bit of diversity in theological belief, and we have a good bit of diversity in political belief, but, um, but I think that this is a community that says we're going to come together and be community because of something we understand about the love of God and the way of Jesus. Right. Um, and, and that that's very different than, you know, quoting the four spiritual laws or, you know, the Roman road to salvation or, you know. I've, <laughs> you know, whatever the principles are that some churches are going to say, we believe in the seven fundamentals or the five fundamentals or, you know, and, and if 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 you don't ascribe to those and you can't be a part of us, you know, that that's there's just nothing like that here.
0: Right. Um, well, I'm glad that you uh, survived this experience as a Davidson graduate. I'm glad that you survived being a Furman purple paladin.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just
0: yeah, I'm, I just had to get that in.
1: D- David Shai was not the president when I was there, but a good Davidson uh, grad was the president uh, for a good That's many right. years. So, <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 Furman has a lot to thank Davidson for. Well, thank you for your time today. Uh, it's, been, it's always enjoyable, and I look forward to our, our conversation next week about Chapter 2. Yeah, we'll keep stepping through this. Thanks very much. Yeah. If you would like to learn more about obtaining a copy of Russ's book, Finding a New Way Home, you can find that information at the Park Road website parkroadbaptist.org under the resources tab. There's also a form on that page where we invite you to send in your questions for us and we will try to answer them in future podcasts. Thank you for listening today. We invite you to share this podcast with your friends and family. They can always find it on the Park Road website or you can listen and subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or TuneIn. Well, that's it for this week from all of us at park road baptist church thank you for listening today grace and peace to you